welcome to Know Your True Self, a show dedicated to raising the consciousness of humanity. Today, I welcome featured guest Mark Lesser. He's the author of the new book, Finding Clarity, How Compassionate Accountability Builds Vibrant Relationships, Thriving Workplaces, and Meaningful Lives. Mark is a speaker, facilitator, workshop leader, and an executive coach. He's the author of four books, including Seven Principles of a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google, and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. Lesser has helped develop the world-renowned Search Inside Yourself program within Google. He was director of the Tassajara Zen Mountain Center, the oldest Zen monastery in the Western world. Mark is also CEO of ZBA Associates, an executive development and leadership consulting company. Get relaxed, take a breath, and let's get started. Hey, Mark, welcome to Know Your True Self. I am so absolutely thrilled to have you as a guest today. Uh, James, it's, uh, it's a delight to be here. We've, we've been having a good time getting, getting prepped here. So we're talking about compassionate accountability, which is the big theme inside finding clarity. And when I first heard about compassionate accountability, I got two images in my head. One was about compassion and these beautiful surges of love and helping each other during times of need. It's, it's celebrating oneness, coming together for the betterment of humanity. Truly our best selves shine through. And then on the other side of the equation is accountability, which sometimes goes to a ball and chain, someone standing over you with a whip of an, even a benevolent dictator of sorts. But there's something magical inside of that tension conceptually. So tell us about that. Tell us about the spawning of this idea and what does it mean to have compassionate accountability? Yeah, you've put your hand on many things. One is the power of language and images that you just created, right? And I think everyone wants clarity, right? So that's, of course, that had to be the title of this book was, uh, you know, Finding Clarity. Uh, the original title was Compassionate Accountability, but it really was the, my publisher who said, you know, people don't like accountability. Uh, that that the word that's most associated with it is lack of, or, or maybe you think of that dreaded performance review. And in my mind, accountability, as I've studied it and been writing about it, it's really more about alignment, right? So both inner alignment, right? Are, are you holding yourself in alignment? Are you paying attention to what, what's important to you, what your values are? and what you're actually doing and saying and who you're hanging out with. So it's really about that kind of alignment. And in relationships, it's, it's all about alignment. And so it's, I think, particularly, you know, important in the world of work where we're trying to get stuff done. And, you know, are we clear? Are we aligned about what we're trying to get done? But also just as important, uh, how we're working together. What it, what's, what does it feel like? What are the, what are the underlying rules and assumptions that we're making? And, and this is, you know, people get in trouble with lack of clarity about both of these things. It would seem obvious that we know what we're trying to accomplish, but man, it's not so obvious and even less obvious and requires, I think, more skill is the, the how are we working together, right? What are our, tendencies and strengths. So, so I've gotten to be really fond of um, accountability. Compassion is also a, you know, a hard word on the other side of the equation. In, in many ways, the business world isn't quite ready 
for the word compassion, trust, care, all, all those, all those things. Um, I also like compassion, you know, cause it's about feeling the feelings of others. It has that empathy piece and it also has the, the intention and taking action to actually help people. Like, isn't that what we want from the right. people we work with? So I think it's, I, I've, I've kind of fallen in love with compassionate accountability as how the kind of workplace I, I want to work in and create. It's a, it's a beautiful tension for sure. And something that's so important because even if we align with an organization where we feel the why we live and breathe the purpose, and we want to be part of that mission, we can't do it alone. We need mm -hmm. to collaborate. And there's such a range of characters in the workplace, whatever type of organization you're part of, everyone sees the world through filtered lenses, a lot of self-righteousness, a lot of difficult people. How does compassionate accountability work in navigating all these difficult situations? And how do we focus on not just better connecting to the people around us or the people that work for ourselves, but also work to increase our own self-awareness mm -hmm. through all those conversations and connections that we're having. Yeah. And, and those two things I think uh, really go hand in hand, right? That if you need motivation to develop yourself, pay attention to the challenges of relationships, whether it's at work or, or at home with your people you live with, your partner, your parents, your children, Man, it's uh, these these relationships. They're they're hard because we have we're complex. We're really complex, and and we're also, I think, we're incredibly tender. We're we're tender hearted. Even those people that appear, even those you know tough as nails CEO underneath that. There's young boys. There's fear. There's there's desire. So I think that accountability and clarity are so much about. Again, what I, I almost started by saying down the road of not avoiding conflict and not avoiding difficulty. This is where we, you know, really get into trouble and, and it becomes, it's easy for that kind of avoidance to become a pattern or a habit. And those, those small differences can both get larger and larger and they can get more and more concretized over, over time. So it becomes harder to align harder to have those what wouldn't be that difficult you know conversation whether it's about you know coming on time or you know expectations about productivity or what does competence look like here all, all those things um, you know little, little things that can be little and not so little things that can be challenging to skillfully you know not avoid them but to be able to do that requires the practice of self-awareness, right? It's not, it's not simply a matter of leaning into conflict. It's leaning into conflict with a body that can actually be curious about differences and work in this realm of conflict and difficult emotions with an open and learning attitude and not be constantly getting, you know, triggered and stressed and anxious and all, and all those things. Yeah. You brought up in, corporate America and in business, you know, a lot of organizations aren't there yet. You start talking about compassion, love, empathy. They mean something, but it's hard to embed them within the fabric of operating models for a lot of individuals who might not have grown up in these practices. And as a result, we get these walls around us and we don't change. 
Yeah. And you have this theme in the book about being curious, not furious, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and how does that play within the whole construct, that curiosity of mm -hmm. tearing down those walls and, and bringing that unity into your team and your relationships? I want to first respond a little bit to a statement that at least I think I heard you say is, you know, a bit that, that it seems like a lot of corporations or companies aren't ready for this. It's funny that that's the, I find that there are gaps in the reality and the perception. Many years ago, I was um, working with someone to bring mindfulness programs into a into a major company, a very big conservative company, and we were approaching many different leaders. And each person that we approached said, "Well, I'm I'm interested in this. I I of course I love." self -aware. you know, I meditate, I don't tell anyone I meditate, you know, my wife does yoga, but no, the company's not, the company's not ready for this. Every person said, and we, we finally actually got everyone in the same room together. And now they've completely embraced these mindfulness practices. Once they got past, it's interesting that we do have that, that perception around, you know, whether it's mindfulness or compassion or that, or that we actually want to be full uh, human beings. So in some way, that's a good segue into curiosity, Cur you know, like actually, instead of just assuming what other people want, actually be curious and to be open uh, to, you know, to recognize that your stories and beliefs and narratives, it's good to question them. And it's good to, you know, to actually open up and, and wonder what other people are thinking and feeling. I, I think in some way, you know, who wouldn't want, doesn't everyone want a workplace that is a good place to work where people can be open and fun and interesting and caring? Like really, are there people that don't want those workplaces? I mean, you know, of course, the thing that makes the workplace challenging and interesting is that, you know, it is about getting stuff done. It is about achievement. But it turns out, and this is, I think, the, the big recent, you know, giant aha, we're actually smarter and more productive when we like what we're doing, when we feel <laughs> cared about, like, wow, big, you know, you know, spent, had to spend billions of dollars on research to, for that, you know, to discover that, uh, that we're, we're not as good when we hate what we're doing, when we're fearful, when we can't wait to get out of there, or we're, you know, any of those, like, yeah, this is the, the uh, big 21st century discovery about work that, uh, that, <laughs> that, you, that you are allowed to enjoy work, right? That you are allowed to have a good time. You're allowed to love to collaborate, you know? Yeah. Well, I think this is why, you know, my, the, the, the place where I kind of uh, cut my teeth on this was, was being brought into Google to help develop mindful, mindfulness and emotional intelligence leadership programs. And there, like, the big big aha was how important collaboration was and that collaboration was hard engineers had a hard time they they were good at competition you know they were trained so almost since birth you know because our schools are all about competing with each other and they all you know went to these top schools and and were trained to excel and compete and then they get into this place where they're actually supposed to be working together um so that was um super interesting to 
to shift that model right from from competition to curiosity you know from lots of stress and anxiety you know about how i compare to to more a, a sense of caring so compassion and accountability when it comes to achieving those results those business drivers how do you play within that tension from a leader from a coach for a mentor to make sure that you're setting these clear deliverables these clear mm -hmm. moments of achievement but also nurturing the person's natural mm -hmm. talent spiritual growth individual yeah. process along that way because it takes patience it takes time and it takes a dedicated effort yes it does and but that's the sweet spot you know what you just described right i mean you can have compassionate workplaces by themselves without real clarity and accountability those don't work either i'm not i'm not advocating for that it's the integration of high compassion with high accountability you know to work with a sense of urgency you know people often are surprised to hear me you know it, it, well when they you know I, I i walk in both worlds i'm in the you know the mindfulness world as well as the business world and to me they're actually one one world and they work beautifully together but you know achievement ambition and results those things those have to be the drivers but you know i think sitting right there in the passenger seat has to be care and humanity and achieving those results with care you could probably argue you know that you lead lead with care and compassion but but in the business in the business world it does the it it starts i think with a vision of what we want to achieve what success looks like what problem we're solving what we're creating so that's in the work world that's really the the lead you know in our more personal relationships it's less about getting stuff done and more around alignment and trust and acceptance and so it's interesting the the similarities and differences in those those worlds that we live in yeah definitely and even how we transition within ourselves and how we express ourselves within those worlds you know in my experience some people are amazing collaborators warm individuals nourishing outside of the workplace you spend time with them and then at work there's someone completely different and you think what happened here i i, I lost you you're coming yeah. in with a perspective i don't understand walls around you where's the harmony where's the love and how do we start conditioning people to realize in a world where many people are apathetic disengaged we're going mm -hmm. through a transformation we're relearning how to work we're we're evolving there's no back yeah. to was there's only future and to get to the future we need compassion and accountability we need to start rehumanizing the workplace you know i will um, admit that i'm i'm a bit of a different person at work i ran a uh, a zen monastery kitchen for years and in my kitchen here, it's not unusual, you know, that I'll be cooking, you know, with my family or friends will come over. I'm a little bit more directive, you know, than people are used to seeing. But it's interesting sometimes, right, in, in the work world, like it's appropriate to be directive and, and it makes things work better. So it's interesting in the workplace, sometimes you do have to be, you know, we're going north. Leadership sometimes is about being directive, not being you know, uh, overly bossy, but, but how, how can you be directive with 
compassion and how can you be, bring some awareness to that and if i am you know telling someone in my kitchen what to do and they and they give me a funny look like you know hey back back off a little like it's like okay i got got you so if there's some you know uh agreements and awareness around what's needed and our styles you know this is one of the things that makes leadership so hard so hard you know i uh i have to say i you know now i'm i've i've started and run several companies and now i i'm currently coaching leaders and it is so much easier to be a coach than it is to be a leader almost like what I was just kind of joking about. But as CEO, you know, some people found me bossy. Some people found me like that I didn't, that I wasn't inclusive enough or wasn't listening enough. Other people thought that I wasn't directive enough, you know, that I was taking too much time, asking too many people before making decisions. And it's like, everyone is, you know, always going to see you as a leader through their own filter and it was shocking to me to discover that not everyone loved me as a leader not everyone thought i was like what were they thinking (laughs) (laughs) so there's always going to be breakdowns in the kitchen whether the kitchen's making something to eat or whether the kitchen's the office and you're cooking up a great strategy to transform totally there's always going to be differences misalignments breakdowns I write about, you know, that when someone asks me, you know, how do you work with difficult people? I'm often like looking at them, like, do they realize that they are a difficult person to someone, you know, just like I I know that I know that I am. So how do you (laughs) transition or transform those breakdowns that inevitably are going to happen a lot of the time? I mean, there's always a minefield. There's always someone that you're going to rub the wrong way. You just give great examples of yourself as a leader, everyone's perceptions different when these circumstances happen you hit it brilliantly at the beginning of the episode if you keep sweeping them under the rug it's just going to get messier they're going to solidify and then there is no path forward there is just perpetual conflict and that just totally is destructive to the heart and soul of any team and organization so how do you turn those could be mines into opportunities into flowers into areas to flourish there's a section in my book where I describe it as uh, the four most important words. And those words are, how are we doing? And so it starts actually with easy, especially, especially if there are power differentials or there, there are some hurt feelings. It takes both courage and skill. This is why I think you know, the, the motivation for a meditation practice or one way that I think about meditation practice is it's training yourself to have just a little bit of space so that even though your tendency is to immediately react, you know, generally we, we humans have evolved, you know, to defend or blame, right? We, we're either defending or blaming and, and neither of those will work when it comes to having these difficult conversations. And, you know, in some way, meditation practice is like with every breath, no defending or blaming. What is that like? Is it possible? What is, who am I when I'm not defending or blaming? And to be able, you know, to feel the tendencies to come up that want to react and to work with them more skillfully in a more grounded way. 
and it all starts, I think, with being able to be curious. You know, to, it's one thing, you know, to ask the question, "How are we doing?" But it takes uh, it takes some presence to ask it in a way that you'll get a conversation that works. Because if it's perceived as blame or defensiveness, it's not going to work. Right. Right. And you brought up courage, you know, courage is speaking through the heart and to have the opportunity to be able to express what's happening, how things are working in a forum that invites reason and not confrontation. And it's so hard sometimes to find that reason. And you bring up, you know, meditation practices, mindfulness practices. I know there was a moment in time, maybe four years ago, when mindfulness really went mainstream, but in a pop culture sense where no one really, I shouldn't say knew what it was, but most people were just trying to define it. And a lot of conversations, people posting pictures of themselves meditating, you know, it's like <laughs> the outward expression of meditating. And how do we get people in organizations or what can people do to reconnect with themselves during the day to find that pause, to find that awareness? So instead of reacting, they're observing and they're creating solutions and in a more compassionate way moving forward to create you know the results that they need for for all of their business endeavors i actually like the the language that i was just using around you know bringing awareness to blaming or defending right you know and and that to recognize that um you know we have evolved you know it's part of our it's part of our evolution you know that we we are descendants of the nervous apes right that we've evolved to scan for threats right to to know our bodies are very sensitive to when we feel any kind of threat and it happens a lot at work because the stakes are high you know it's our livelihood there's power differentials there's money involved there we are thrown into a situation where there's um, a, a lot of different people if we actually can experiment with a meditation practice and have the experience that it, it it has a way of helping us to be less reactive and a little bit more responsive even every once in a while you know that we might notice that we can actually feel a bit more spacious a bit more curious uh, less tossed around by our um are, are bl blaming and defending not you know again it's not like it's some magic pill that's going to suddenly solve all of our right. problems and and make it a conflict free not a, not at all but it can open the door to actually being able to not be so avoidant right so what happens if we're th if we're blaming and defending all the time we just want to you know go you know, like it's not a good state to be in and uh, and there's like regular, un you know unworked out conflict that's happening, and this is pretty common in organizations and and cultures. Um, so there's some there's some power to actually stopping, right? Actually stopping and being curious about our own. Starting, I think, with our own stories, our own emotions. One thing that's happening definitely right now is. The workforce is disengaged. I know a lot of leaders don't know how to motivate their teams or they themselves are unmotivated. Them, you know. So here we are. We have this 
dilemma in the workplace is how do we get ourselves out of this rut? How do we stop grieving? How do we stop blaming? How do we find the path forward? And a lot of that has to do with accountability, collaborating, making sure that we're all helping each other progress. And what are some good strategies for ourselves and what we want to achieve? And then for the people that we rely on as as team members, family members, work collaborators. I actually think that workplaces are such a great crucible for our own development and our own well-being. There's statistics, I think, that two-thirds of employees don't feel engaged. But there's another statistic that really struck me, which is I think like 2% of leaders think of the workplace as a place for developing their own well-being. That to me is like really, really a sad, sad statistic. I actually think that a really um, unusual, but I think potent starting place is to make the shift to embrace our workplaces as places where we can grow and develop ourselves, that it's all opportunity for learning about ourselves, for developing self-awareness, for becoming uh, more skillful at dealing with conflict. I'm a natural conflict avoider. I used to get into quite a bit of trouble in my when I was running my first company. You know, I was young, innocent, inexperienced, and leaning in and working with conflict did not come easily to me. In my role as CEO in my second company, that was a place where I really held myself accountable, where I was accountable to notice conflict and not avoid it. Uh, didn't mean I had to act every time there was, but like no avoidance, you know, at the end of every day, I would sort of take stock. Okay. What are the difficult emotions? What are the people that I need to have difficult conversations with? What are the tough issues that need to be leaned into? And and that, that was, uh, that for me was a kind of accountability. I think to ask yourself, are, are there some difficult conversations? Are there any, how are we doing conversations that would be useful and important and effective to to have being accountable to the projects that you're trying to complete or the financial goals or the team it's interesting those are um those are obvious but often overlooked you know uh, whether it's um you know weekly monthly quarterly check-ins about how's my business doing on all of the external measures but also, how am I doing and how are the people I'm working with doing on the on the internal measures? Like what, you know, what kinds of things, you know, how am I doing in terms of showing initiative? How am I doing in terms of creativity? How am I doing with showing up on time? Or am I keeping, uh, keeping up with responding to people on time? That's a big one I see in teams where people lose track of emails or whatever whatever systems they're using and it causes a lot of friction you know this person never responds like okay we got a problem here what do we need to do to work on this yeah making sure that we find that balance between key performance indicators business drivers and key wellness or well-being indicators without a sense of peace and harmony within yourself how can you bring it to anyone else and how can you coach people to create the path forward. Yeah. Well, you just kind of made a you know thumbnail definition of compassion and accountability there. Right. There's such core, you know, core values, core practices in the workplace of alignment, clarity, and care. 
to keep coming back to those? What do those, what do those really look like? How's it going? And so your book's out. Where can people get it? And how can they get in touch with you? Finding Clarity. You can get it any place books are sold online. I think it should be showing up now in bookstores, just newly out. And my website, marklesser.net, M-A-R-C-L-E-S-S-E-R.net. Lots of writing that I've done there, guided meditations, and some, I hope, a, uh, a friendly and valuable place. Thank you so much. You've been a, a wonderful guest and such an insightful discussion. And please pick up a copy of the book. You're sure to walk away with some key takeaways that's going to help restore well-being and performance in your workplace and most importantly, your life. Thanks again, Mark. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, James.